dear ones. You're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Mother Natalia. Hey friends, this is Mother Natalia. Today's episode is Father Michael's and it's one of my favorites. It came out, um, yeah, I just had a lot of fun. He's talking about a couple really tough passages from scripture that are always like frustrating to hear and what, uh, what he and what I think could be possible interpretations of them. He talks about wedding garments and garments of skin and the things that are necessary in our life now and goods in our life now that will um, need to be shed in eternity. We talk about attachment and defense mechanisms and just lots of really great things. We kind of cover the gamut. Um, and uh, you get to, um, I'm sorry to say, hear a very boring and probably distracting argument about our lectionary. If you are a hashtag banter hater, you'll want to skip ahead seven minutes and 25 seconds after this intro. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to him forever. Hello, Mother. Hello, Father. That reminds me of that. Um, there's like a, a little commercial or something like that that's like, hello, Mother. Hello, Father. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? That's a thing. <laughs> You've done this before. No, I haven't. Yeah. Really? Yeah, we talked about this. Oh, yeah. No. I, I am so glad. I am so glad. That I'll this is me and not you? Yes. Are you sure it wasn't exactly. Mother Ileana? Well, at least we've, no, no, we, we have talked about that song. We have, I don't, it's a hello mother, hello fada. It's like a little kid then singing. Then you talked about it because I don't think I had ever heard of it until you I were Mother Ileana. I still get I a never, beer. I never bet I you a beer. A beer. No, As I didn't bet you anything. Father, I'm speaking for you and saying you did bet a beer. And then uh, now okay, you have to Okay, so is this episode on abuses of spiritual authority? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we're going to air our grievances. I have a, um, I have a oh, third party great. counselor here. Hello, so Dr. Anderson. Um, good to have you on as you a know, third party. And- um, did, I, did I tell you... Rachel and I, <laughs> I Uh-oh. didn't tell you about this. <laughs> I'm going to totally embarrass you right now. I'm really sorry. Okay. I'm not sorry. Um, actually, probably just all of our listeners are going to be like, this is completely inappropriate, but it's coming out of my mouth <laughs> and it's just too late. Um, there's no going back now. Uh, Rachel was talking about, um, we have a particular project that we're planning that we can't announce yet, but that one day will be announced. Um, so by the way, Rachel is... Rachel like kind of runs our lives now, at least runs my life. Mm-hmm. Um, she is, she's been answering some of your emails. Um, she has a new baby. She's been on, she was on that podcast with mother that I have not, is it, is it out yet mother? Um, no. Okay. Yes. I don't yes. feel so bad. No, oh, it is. No, 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 no it's not. It's okay. not. I don't feel so bad. So you're going to meet Rachel. You've already met Rachel. Cause as we, as we record, I feel like this it came out, out yet, to, but. no, it comes out next week. <gasps> Today's Wednesday. Okay. Yeah, but today anyway. was today was Ephraim. Okay, so anyway, you've met Rachel on the podcast. Um, I'm sure she introduced herself then, so I probably don't need to. But Rachel is also my spiritual daughter, and that's why I'm a little bit weary and worried about what Mother's about to say. But go ahead, Mother. <laughs> so, um, uh, so you and I have this project that we can't talk about yet, but that we're like planning. And Rachel was saying that we need to have a meeting with the three of us so that we can basically just like she has questions about it that she doesn't have the authority to answer and you and I will need to come up with the answers, but we're going to need to hash some things out and she's just going to be there to help us hash the things out. And I was like, <laughs> you know, for a 
long time, I've really felt like Father Michael and I need a marriage counselor. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so that's what you just reminded me of. Is like Rachel's going to be there to mediate. She was like, I'm not a marriage counselor. I'm just, but. I actually you know. can't imagine. I know what this is. I can't imagine like what we will need to hash out. Actually, I kind of, I kind of do. I'm spoiled. Well, remember. Is, that it? is it the fact that I'm spoiled mother in maybe. this area? Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. She didn't teaser, tell me what teaser. the things are. Um, but like the last time, oh, our poor listeners are just like going crazy with what this is about, but the, cause remember the one time, like we started talking about this project and you presented something to me and I was like, absolutely not. I'm not even a little bit open to that. I don't (laughs) like anything that you're saying right now. And, um, just like, absolutely not. And then when I talked to mother Cecilia, she was like, did you consider this? And I was like, oh, you're right. That's a great point. And then I was compl- I was absolutely open to what you had said. Did but. she tell her that I called her after that and asked her? <laughs> you did not. I did not. <laughs> um, but So anyways, that's what Rachel's going to need to do is you're going to say things and I'm going to be like, that's the worst idea ever. And then Rachel's going to be like, but is it? And I'll be like, oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually have a feeling that she's going to be basically on your side more than she is on mine. Whatever it is, no. whatever the issue is. Yeah. All right. It's probably um, so much simpler than we're making it out to be. Oh yeah. Rachel's I, gonna I listen to this be. and be like, guys. <laughs> we tend to be like overly dramatic about how different we are, and it's really not that big of a deal. Yeah, but it Nine is funny. The time we're more on the same page. It is funny, and it yeah. makes for a good banter. Uh-huh. So, um, but I'll just jump right in because uh, I had... wait. But can you see? I have one question first. Can you see yes. that this eye is like kind of dark here? Nope. Um, I me, started getting a black eye. Um, <laughs> I just zoomed in and I can't tell either. Okay, good. I don't think you can always. see it on camera. Oh, thanks. Um, Ordered and non blotchy. <laughs> it's a real weird compliment. We went into so we non blotchy. No, this because this is what, what beauty is. If you look, study the philosophy of beauty, it's just ordered. It means that there's order to it. So. Like well, like the a, f- a really ordered face mm-hmm. with like the same color skin, you know, like mm-hmm. like as long as there's again we, the beauty comes in many different shapes and sizes, but there's there's just like a, when we see something ordered, <laughs> <laughs> ordered, then then we say oh it's beautiful because it's it has the order that it should have. Um, that makes a lot of sense because I've been talking about. Um, Multiple people have been talking about this, but I don't want to embarrass anyone else, so I'll just own it myself. Um, how Bishop-elect Robert Pipta is going to look yes. so good as a bishop. He's going to look so good because he's so ordered and put together. And like in bishop vestments, I just I already know he's going to look majestic. That's a real weird word. I regret using that description. <laughs> I've just not never weird. seen him. I've just never seen him in a crown, and some priests look really weird in crowns. Oh, like, that's true. I wasn't thinking about the crown. I was just thinking about the vestments. I, the I crown's part of the vestment, but you know what I mean? Yes, because there are some priests who, I mean, like, if you can ever imagine, like, if I get, if I ever I get made like a, a mitered archpriest, and oh like, my, can you imagine yeah. a crown on my head? Like, absolutely not. My head's already so huge, it's going to look like, I'm going to look like an <laughs> atom bomb. <laughs> Like the first time that we got, uh, when Mother Gabriella and Mother Cecilia ordered clo books, the the hard 
hats mm. that we wear um, once yes. your life professed. Um, well, yes, you know, but not all our listeners do. Um, so those Sorry, hard hats that we wear once we're life professed <laughs> um, is uh, when theirs first came in, like the ones that they had ordered were accidentally too tall and and it looked ridiculous. I don't remember if you were here when they came in, Father Michael, but Mother Gabriella like freaked out. She sees it, she puts it on and she's like, Mother Cecilia. So Mother Gabriella is very tall. Mother Cecilia is very short. So Mother Gabriella is like, Mother Cecilia could be a stylite on my head. <laughs> and that's what you just made me think of. So. Oh, that's a good image. Yeah. That's funny. All right. Um, Go for so. it. I have discovered, and one of my parishioners told me this recently, I've discovered that um, I love having my mind settled about Bible passages that don't make any sense to me. And I realize this is mostly because I'm a priest and people ask me questions about church teachings and they ask me questions about um, scriptures. And this is very similar to the fear of God, right? We did a podcast on the fear of God. Mm-hmm. Fear of God was something I've nearly never felt that I could adequately find joy about explaining. When someone says, what is the fear of God? Father Michael, I go, I, I'm so glad you asked. Um, I have great joy in explaining this vir- virtue. I have much more now that I've, I've reflected upon it, done some research, done a podcast on it. And thank you also. We've had a couple um, a couple responses, email responses about other aspects of the fear of God um, that were also helpful. So um, thank you for those, all of you that send those in. So there is two, two more Bible passages that I've encountered recently that always used to give me pause, that always used to like kind pause. of- kind of confuse me and say, I don't know if I have the proper answer to this. And if somebody asks me, I'm going to have to admit that I just don't know. I still admit that I just don't know. But there's there's two more passages of my casual recently that I think I now have a better explanation. Well, you're in and good both- company then because um, our gospel reading today was when one of the times that the disciples asked Jesus what a parable means. And Jesus is like, do you also not understand? <laughs> and so, Do we have different readings. Um, sorry, not for the feast of the dedication of the cross, but for the Wednesday. Oh. I mean, de- not dedication of the cross, dedication of the church. Oh well, then our website's wrong because maybe we I read have the wrong a different thing. reading for that. Maybe you no. did. I'm going to say you did. Better beer. Better beer. Better beer. Bet I'm not. Beer. Um, I will bet you a beer. Are you keeping track of this, by the way? Who owes who what? Who owes what? It's who, only you. Who owes? Any beer bet we've made, you've lost <laughs> in recent history. <laughs> I owed you plenty of beers That's back when. Gotta be overgeneralizing. Um, um, any unpaid beer bets we have are <laughs> you've lost. <laughs> I actually, I don't, I don't. So totally next time that. you come to the um, monastery, just buy me a six pack. <laughs> true, true, true. Okay, so according to our website. Um, the gospel is Luke four one through fifteen. That's probably it's, it's for the, that's probably it's the for temptation the temptation of Jesus. Right, that's probably for the dedication of. That's what I'm saying. That's probably for the dedication of the because we're not in Luke right now. We're still in Mark. I'm gonna blame Anne, my secretary. Who no, Anne probably together. did the right thing. She probably put on the reading because today is the feast of the dedication nope, of the Church she of the Resurrection. Put on both, yes. So we have the gospel for the resurrection and the gospel for the Wednesday. Oh, what's the gospel for the Wednesday, Father Michael? Please. Um, the gospel for the Wednesday is, according to our parish website, that may be wrong. Luke four one through fifteen. Oh. 
Do you have a calendar near you? No so one is interested in this moment. Six seventeen. Anyway, yep, I do, but it doesn't. It only has the reading from the feast. So anyway, on with the topic. But look at yesterday's. Look at yesterday's passage from Mark and tomorrow's passage from Mark, and see if there should be one today in between those. You are correct. There probably is. We're in Mark seven, Mark eight. You are right. I owe you two beers. Fine. Three. Anne owes you one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Anne was not part of this beer bet. All right. What's the passage that you would like to talk about, Father Michael, that you did not understand and now have some understanding of? (laughs) Um, So the one that came up just recently. That was a big Perla. Cowboy? That was. Perla. Perla. Mine's Maybe Perla, cowboy. Is cowboy. I don't know whose um, it was though. <laughs> it was you. You did it. It was okay. obviously you. Go Sorry. back. I'll buy you a beer. No, okay. I believe no. you. <laughs> okay. Um, so the one, one I encountered recently was the we had it back on a, a bit about a week and a half ago, and this is the uh, this is Matthew twenty two one through fourteen. That was the gospel. Um, this is the, the, I believe he's a king in this version. He has a wedding banquet for his son. He <gasps> invites a bunch of guests. Ooh. Does that mean you're excited? I'm so excited because I okay. had a huge revelation about this reading because oh, it's always okay. upset me. And on that day, when I heard it preached, um, I mean, when I heard it proclaimed, like I had a new revelation that I'd never wow. had any time I've heard this before. <gasps> okay. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm going to let you go first then because, um, so, so basically. Well, mine is my, my own thought though, not like fathers. Mine is too. Mine okay. is totally my own thought. Okay. So mine, mine is based on the fathers, but it is totally my own thought. But it is based on the fathers, and I'll explain that in a moment. So, so the passage is: a king ho- holds a wedding banquet for his son. He sends out um, the the servants to go announce the wedding banquet. Now, the history here is that there were always two invitations. Um, one of the the first invitation was a kind of hey, my son's getting married sometime in the fall. Just give you a heads up, right? Kind of a save the save the season. They didn't know when it was going to be because they didn't know how the harvest was going to be. They didn't know how they were going to get all the supplies. They didn't know how long it would take the servants to set everything up. So they would say the general time of this. And then they would send a second invitation to those who were who had RSVP'd or for those who were invited. Now, okay, now we have the date. It's going to be tomorrow. Usually it was like literally like that. People were bored back then. They didn't have much to do. or the, their, Every day was the same. We'll put it that way. They weren't bored. They were not very unbored. They were the unboredest <laughs> people ever. But they, they, they did the same thing every day. And so this is to be just making this up as I go, by the way. Um, so you, you could, you could have an invitation, not that part. I'm, I'm uh, the history is correct. Um, you could have an invitation and say, Hey, by the way, tomorrow. And then you're just like, Oh, we're, you know, don't slaughter the chicken. We don't need to kill our own chicken tomorrow night. We're going to, we're going to have a major feast. So, um, in this story from Matthew, in this version, they literally even kill the servants. Like we know the story about one gets one's getting married, one has to go feed his ox, one has to go look at his land. In this one, they, they literally, they, they have to return to their business, but they kill the servants. It, it's the most absurd story ever. Why would you kill the servants who are inviting you to the best feast you're ever going to have in your whole life? So then they, the, the king literally says, go to the highways, the byways, drag in the good and the bad. My, my wedding's going to be full. They drag in everybody to the feast. And then he walks in and he sees a, somebody there who is not wedding, wearing a wedding garment. And he asks him why. He has no idea. And so he sends him out to wail and gnash his teeth. What the heck? Why? What Jesus? What what is this Jesus? Right? What? Why would you literally drag in the good and the bad from the byways and the highways, and and then 
expect them all to be wearing a wedding garment. And when he's not, and he has no answer for that, you kick him out to wail and gnash his teeth. Mother, what's your insight? Um, so it's just, this is mind blowing to me. Like this is the Holy Spirit because nice. that's upset me for my entire, ever since I first heard mm-hmm. that passage. Um, me too. and I'm like, this isn't fair and it's not love and it's not like, what the heck? Um, and you were asking for this when you invited him, all of the things. Um, yes. and then after this gospel, we were driving, um, some of us went out and got ice cream that day and um, mm, Maddie was in the car and I was like, guys, I just had this realization about this passage because I heard this phrase in it that I'd never noticed before. And Maddie was like, no way. This is the first time that I've noticed the same thing. And so hmm. um, so you're now the third person, Father Michael. Um, awesome. Okay. So first of all, I'll say that what the fathers talk about is like what the wedding garment is. And um, because like the wedding garment, like being symbolic of some of the different virtues and things like that. Um, I know that at different points they talk about that. Uh, <clears throat> and it's also part, it's part of the hymn of light during for bridegroom matins during Holy week. But um, that's not the, reflection that I had. The reflection that I had that is purely Mother Natalia that I got from nowhere else. I'm not saying this is church teaching. This is my own prayer. Be very clear on that. Um, When the king says to him, um, I don't remember the exact words, but basically it's like, where is your wedding garment? Like, why aren't you wearing proper clothing? Um, In response, it says, the man said nothing. And I'd never noticed that before. And I was like, what if this is the reason he got thrown out? What if it's not because he's not wearing the right thing? What if it's because he didn't have the humility, the trust in the king's goodness to just say, well, sir, it's because I couldn't afford one. Well, sir, it's because of this. Um, And like if he, and I just wondered for the first time if that had been his response would the king have been the prodigal father who then says, well, then let me give you my best robe. Let me give you, you know, and it's like, um, and this was super convicting for me because actually then even to tie this into what the fathers say about like the garment being one of like virtue and readiness. And I, I don't even remember the specific things that they talk about, but to tie it into that, like I had my own conviction of how often is the father just waiting to pour these things upon me? Um, all of this goodness, all of these virtues, and I'm just too stubborn or prideful to ask for it. Um, to say like, I can't do this on my own and I need your help. And, uh, so it was, it was really convicting of me in that way of, um, because the because God doesn't force things on us. And so if we're not going to tell him that we need it or we're not going to tell him that we're ready to receive it, he's not going to force it on us. And um, anyways, that basically that basically was it. In a similar vein, what I've been hearing since college was that basically the wedding, and the, the, this ties in to what I'm going to say later on, but it, it ties better into what you're saying, is that the, the wedding garment was actually given by the king. 
So the wedding garments were given by the king. So mm. in other words, like almost like it came with the invitation, or it, mm-hmm. it was there. So that it was like it was like Catholic school uniforms, right? Mm-hmm. We we want we're at a wedding where we're, we're all equals. We all we all want everybody to be dressed the same. Doesn't matter how rich or poor you are. You're wedding wearing mm. a wedding garment, and somehow this man had somehow rejected the wedding garment, or, or maybe sold it, as your right exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, what you're saying, whether is you know there was a. There was either that or he he just denied it when it came. Oh, I don't need it. You know, I'm fine. It's like God offers us salvation, right? And oh no, I'm I'm fine. You know, God offers us union with Him. Oh, I'm I'm actually kind of good down here. You know, people that say, oh, I want to go to hell because my friends are there. You know, it's like it's like I get what you're saying. You know, mm-hmm. it, it makes a good rock song, but like you don't understand what hell is. You know, yeah. nobody wants that. So, but it's anyway. kind of it's kind of like the question of like after the fall in Eden. Um, would things have been differently if Adam had just owned up to it? You know, like mm-hmm. would would yeah. that have? And so um, I've never thought about that before until this moment as I'm externally processing, but like this parallel to the expulsion from paradise. Um, but that's what's happening here. He's being expelled from um, the wedding banquet, which is paradise, like in the analogy, right? Um, yeah. And so like, if Adam had just owned up to it as opposed to trying to pass off the blame. Um, and maybe if this yeah. man had like said something as opposed to just, yeah. Yeah. Amen. So this is, this is my interpretation. Um, and it, it comes from, from other things and it dawned on me uh, that, that this may be connected. And that's all I'm saying is I'm, I'm not saying this is the only interpretation, but they can be connected. Mm-hmm. Um, many of the fathers will say that Adam and Eve um, when they discovered that they were naked, uh, that the way I interpret it is, how do you know what naked is except in a relation to being clothed? So mm-hmm. they, they they were never clothed. So when they discovered they were naked, it was like this is a new reality. But the many of the fathers say that that, that they they were clothed in in glory. So like God's glory. And is so this they, the they, garments they, of skin podcast you were wanting to do with me? Yes. Okay. Great. So, um, so they're, they're, they're clothing glory, they're clothing glory. And then they don't really know this. They just know that, that God has clothed them. God has provided mm-hmm. them with himself. That's right. It's his glory. It's very similar to the transfiguration, right? It was, it was the uncreated light, we Byzantines say, that, that, that flowed from Christ's garments, that, that flowed from his skin. So there, there was this, this glory that is God. So they were literally clothed with God. They didn't need anything else. Um, they walked with him in the cool part of the day. They were fine. They needed nothing. So when Adam and Eve sin, all of a sudden they have rejected this glory. So all of a sudden the, the, this garment of glory is gone and they call that naked. In other words, what, what, what was around them was naked. So they take leaves to cover themselves. Now, um, and this is a, this is a Jonathan Bazo. Uh, thought. So the leaves in a sense are the first time that Adam and Eve need something outside of themselves to be happy. So everything was provided for. They needed nothing. They, they, they were, they were totally content in themselves. They were content with each other. They were content with God. God had provided them everything. The, the devil made them uncontent. He, he, he mm. gives them this anxiety. He has them question who God is and, and, and that they can be like God. And they, they start to lose for whatever reason, lose trust in, in that God is providing them with everything. And they, they have to find something outside of God. And so they grasp, they reach, and then when they realize that they've lost this glory because they, they pushed it away because they separated themselves, God, separated themselves from God through sin, 
So now they, they try to get leaves to cover themselves up. Um, an example of this is like why like Adam and Eve in the garden, the like why do why does my Irish face need sunscreen? Like why do I need to wear a hat? Like the sun shouldn't be the enemy, right? And so Adam and Eve, like almost like they take they take something that they have to have something to cover themselves to hide from God, to hide from the sun, to hide from each other. And the, the, this shame, the, the, this grasping at now leaves is the first time that they say, we're not just restful in ourselves. We need something outside of ourselves, namely leaves that we take off the trees. Um, so again, they, they had food, they ate fruit, et cetera. But, but, but there, there was still a, they have to reach out and take something that God did not give them, namely the leaves to cover themselves. Um, so when, when God comes along, he gives them what? Garments of garments skin. Garments of skin. So what are garments of skin? They come from animals and therefore God had to kill something. So God says, you know, there will be, if you sin, there will be death. So God, now this is in a sense the first time there is death. God has to to take the animal, kill it, and cover them with the garments of skin. Now, um, one, one thing that that I've some literally have said, never thought about that. <laughs> yeah. So, so one, one thing that Jonathan Majot says about this and others as well is that that God, everything that God gives him after the fall, even the cherubim with the flaming sword keeping them out. All of these things are gifts. Mm-hmm. The garments of skin are a gift. The, the, the cherubim keeping them out is a gift because he doesn't want them eating from the tree of life and therefore living forever in their fallen state, etc. So all these things are gifts. So the garments of skin is a little bit of death in a sense to prepare them for a world filled with death. So it's, it's, it's like when, we, when our children get old enough and we know that they're going to go to a friend's house to stay the night or we know they're going to go to school and they're going to be away from us. We have to have these conversations, right? At home, you're safe, little one, hopefully. At home, you're safe. You're going to go into a world where you are not always safe and you cannot talk to strangers and you need to, you know, you need to do all these things. So I need to teach you, unfortunately, the ways of the world because mm-hmm. under my roof, you are protected and you're careful. You get everything you need. But as soon as you leave here, you need to be careful what you eat, be careful what you drink, be careful who you talk to, be careful what you wear. You have to be careful of all these things because the world is full of death and Adam and Eve and sin brought death into the world. So you're, they're going out to a world that has now been saturated and affected by death. So he gives them garments of death in a sense, little things, and I and I have all these insights that that of what this death is um, from others and and my own. So what this is is it kind of informs the other Bible passage that 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 has always been confusing to me, and that is in Luke. I marked it here. Uh, Luke sixteen uh, nine through eleven is the pericope, but it, it's it's where oh it's right where Jesus says I was going to say <laughs> if you knew that I would be very very impressed. Um, Absolutely not. Luke, Luke 16, um, it says, um, make friends for yourselves with unrighteous mammon, mm. that when it fails, you may they may receive you into everlasting home. So this is about the, the, uh, the man who pretty much goes to the people that owe his master, but the master settles accounts with him. He goes to the bill that owes his master money. He says, oh, you owe him this much, Take, make it half, mm-hmm. right? And give me that much. And then and Jesus, and the master commends him. For being and then, shrewd and then, or whatever. Being shrewd, said, exactly. Yeah. And then it says, make friends with unrighteous mammon or, 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 or ill-begotten wealth mm-hmm. that when it fails, 
you may be welcomed into the heavenly realities or welcomed into your everlasting home. So that's I'm another one. I'm glad you're going to explain this because I'm real, I've always been real confused so, by it. So, in a sense, that's what these garments of skin are. These garments of skin are unfortunate things that we have to have, we have to engage with in order because we're not clothed with glory anymore. We're not mm-hmm. in Eden anymore. So the unrighteous mammon or, or, or ill-begotten wealth, these are the things that, that, that we have to have, but we don't want to have them. We have them, unfortunately. This is, this is in, a, in a sense, um, honestly, it's even like to, to take a kind of a, a, an exalted like icons, Icons, right? Icons are windows into heaven, but we shouldn't need them, mm-hmm. right? We should we should have Christ in our hearts. We do, but we we shouldn't need an icon. We shouldn't need a window, a medium. We shouldn't need temples. We shouldn't need churches. We shouldn't need prayer books. We shouldn't need candles, incense. Like all these things are good because they help us engage with God. But one day we won't need them anymore because mm-hmm. we're going to have all those things right in front of us. And so, um, what Jonathan Bajot talks about, and and I've I've added to things like politics, economics, even our home, right? Politics, economics, our home, a roof over our head with an air conditioner and a door that locks. These things are in a sense, garments of skin. These things are, are, are things that, that, that we need because we, we don't fit in the world. Like we need to wear sunscreen we need to wear a hat. Another example I thought of was small talk. Small talk, like in other <laughs> words, like we should, we should see another human being and we should say, you are a child of God. You, you, God, you Let's are a temple of the, the Holy Spirit. talk about the depths of our hearts. <laughs> right. We should see someone and go, you and I are going to be in heaven, united with Christ and each other for all eternity. Mm. Every single human being we come across. I am so glad to see you. You, you are an icon of the Trinity. You are an icon of God himself. And, and, and why, why do we need small talk? So then this expands mm-hmm. to, why do we need discernment of vocation? Why do we need dating? Right? All you that are single, you love dating, right? Right? Dating we shouldn't need dating. We should, we should just say, oh my gosh, I can see in you that you're the one I'm supposed to marry. Um, I, let's go find a priest. Let's get married right now. I, I, we, know, shouldn't even, need, we shouldn't need banter at the even, beginning of podcasts. We shouldn't need banter, right. We shouldn't need <laughs> All the banter marriage. haters are like, finally, they understand. <laughs> we shouldn't, maybe I'm going too far here, but we shouldn't even need marriage. Like there, there's, there's certain things that we go, these things are, are given to us as good things, as a gift, a gift from God, but one day we will not need them anymore. Like if we were to be, like we don't need the sacraments in heaven. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Because the sacraments are- All these things are garments are of the, skin. Mm-hmm. They're garments of skin that God gave us in order to let us walk around this world. Though it's, it's garments of death to walk around a world of death. It, it, it's garments of things, in, of time and space, garments of time and space, if you will, because we walk around a world of time and space. And I feel so, like this is another episode of Hot Takes and I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> Amen. Again, this is just my interpretation. All of, all of this stuff, the garments of skin stuff, comes. That's unauthentic. That's not. I didn't make that up. I got that from others. Um, but but the the fact that that this may be like that unrighteous mammon. This is what 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 God says. Deal in this world because it's going to fail. All these things are going to mm-hmm. fail. But but when they fail, you've used them well. You've used your icons. You used economics. You used putting a, you, all the responsibility that comes with having a real life, right? Having a job, having school. School and jobs are, 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 are garments of skin, right? They are things that, that are means to an end that one day we will not need them anymore. And they came because Adam and Eve sinned and therefore brought death into the world. So um, uh, one example that the fathers do use for garments of skin is Moses' sandals. 
In other words, and, and I think you can start to see where I'm going with this, sandals are garments of skin that protect us from the world, from the heat of the sand, from, from, from you know, cracked, bot broken bottles in the streets of LA. Like they, they protect us from all the things as we walk around. And what does God ask Moses to do? Remove your sandals Take them <clears> here off. on holy ground. So yeah. in God's presence... In other words, at Moses, in a sense, was stepping back into Eden. He was he was back in the place like Adam and Eve, where mm -hmm. he walked with God. He encountered God in the burning bush. And so take your sandals off, take the garments of skin off. I'm gonna clothe you with a garment, with the with the garment of, of glory, just like Adam and Eve had. Remember, Moses glowed. He went to the mountain, got the Ten Commandments, he came back glowing. Mm -hmm. So that there's there's something that that same transfiguration, that same uncreated light. So this is my hot take my conclusion. Ooh. I think that the wedding garment was not that the man didn't put something on, is that he didn't take something off. Mm. He walked into the wedding banquet, which is heaven. He walked into the relationship and he left his garment of skin on. Mm. If he had taken it off, he would have had the garment of glory that God offers him. But the garment of skin was economics, politics, icons, a roof over his head, money, school, job, all, all these things that, that, that he was clinging to in this world. He was clinging to all the things that we only need in this world. And when God welcomes us into the next or asks us to be vulnerable before him, he wants to give us back through our baptism, through the life of faith, through the sacraments. He wants to give us back these garments of glory that Adam and Eve had before they sinned. And if we refuse to take off the garments of skin, because they're good, they're good. This is why we fast, right? We fast from good things because fasting is in a sense a gift given to us to, to say, I don't need these other good things, the luxuries, the food, all these things. I can actually live in, if I obey the church's fasting regulations, I can live very well in this reality. I don't need sleep. Sleep is a garment of skin. So what do monks and nuns do, mother? They don't sleep that often, <laughs> right? So you, you have vigils in prayer. You stay mm -hmm. awake, you get tired because in a sense, you're living in the glory of God. And there are mm -hmm. so many examples of, of things where this is living in the glory of God. And I really do think it makes sense that a wedding banquet is, that's heaven. That's where the, the wedding banquet of the son is Jesus Christ's marriage to us. Right, that's the wedding banquet, and once that happens, we, in a sense, are 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 free. We still use them as we use unrighteous mammon, but but when Jesus says, "Take it off," I'm giving you garments of glory. We say, "Absolutely, I'm ready." I I I'm not attached to these things of the world. Um, I love this. I'm so excited. I'm just gonna say that. Uh, <laughs> but also, what I want to say is, this is making me think of two things, and maybe the two are related. Um. One is that for some reason, like the image that's coming to my mind is from the great divorce. Do you, um, do you remember in the great a long time divorce, ago? I, read it. Go ahead. Um, I remember you read it a long time ago. You've talked about it before. You might remember this in one of the people that is encountered in the great divorce is like, at first it seems like it's this person with like a little, um, like fake person or something like that, like a little, I don't remember the um, terminology, on, on a leash, like attached to this person. Mm. But then you start to realize as the conversation goes on that like the bigger person is actually the fake one. Like this is the mask, this is the fake persona that this person has put on. And then um, the one who's actually the reality 
as this big persona is getting bigger and bigger, the one that's the real personality is actually getting smaller and smaller and starting mm-hmm. to disappear. Um, mm-hmm. And he just has this like, yeah. um, this this fake like, yeah. Anyways, I feel like that in the sense is the garment of skin. Um, and and in the great divorce, like this person can't enter heaven because he's unwilling to actually let his true self be seen, and he just has this big fake persona. That's I haven't read it in a long time, so I'm not describing it well. But mm. anyone who's read the Great Divorce, I'm sure knows what I'm talking about. Um, and uh, and so, like in a sense, he wasn't willing to take off his garment of skin. Like he wasn't yeah. willing to take off these masks. And which the other thing that makes me think of, um, and I say this with all sensitivity, but it's something that we all need to consider. It's something I've been considering in my own life recently. Like as I'm realizing. I've been realizing a lot of my own defense mechanisms, like ways that I interact with people that's just unhealthy um, because they are defense mechanisms, mm-hmm. uh, which can lead to codependency and it can be, you know, all of these things. And, um, but the reason I think that as we, as we see this and we see the unhealth in our relationships and in our interactions and the way that we're like acting out of defense mechanisms with people, the reason we need to be gentle with ourselves there is because those defense mechanisms yeah. came from somewhere yep. and they came Good from point. a time at which we needed them in yeah. some sense. Like Beautiful. just as God gave the garments of skin to protect Adam and Eve. Similarly, it's like when we're children, we have some sort of experience that we then need this defense mechanism in order to, at least in our like, in our mind, we need this to survive, right? Um, and so regardless of whether or not that's like the external reality, um, our experience is, is what matters in that sense. And so we need this defense mechanism in order to survive. And then at some point, um, we don't need that anymore in order to survive, but it's now become ingrained in us. And so we still act out of it. And so it's like, at some point we no longer need that defense mechanism. We we've been removed from the danger. Um, and so we no longer need the defense mechanism. We no longer need the garments of skin, uh, the thing that's protecting us. Um, and then once we, when we keep that on, when we keep those defense mechanisms up at the point at which they're no longer needed, that's when it becomes unhealthy and possibly even toxic and harmful. And like, those are all the, anyways, that's, yeah. That is the perfect story to explain this. Yeah. Thank you for mm-hmm. that. I wish I had thought of that before I, I preached on this a few weeks ago. Yeah, oh. beautiful. That's exactly it. So there, there's the we we need to appreciate it. I, I I'm dealing with somebody now who has been so hurt by people in the past that that whenever I walk around with them, they're always checking their surroundings. They're always looking mm-hmm. for exits. They're always looking for escape routes. And and it just it makes them you know looking every direction. They you know they're looking while well, I like they're they're obsessed or something. Just but that's because they needed those at some point. They needed to always know where the escape route was to know how to get away. And now it's 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 debilitating to them. Mm-hmm. Even if they're in a safe situation, they can't get. And those are that's a, a great example, mother. That these these are garments of skin that that at some point God says, if you don't take it off, it's like it's like you know, don't put you know new wine in old wine skins. Mm-hmm. You know, the, keep the new wine in new wine skins. The new wine skin is in a sense the garment of glory. Old wine skins are the garment of skin. And the, the, the old wine skins were good for a while, but now now they they will burst if you put the new wine in them. 
Beautiful. So that actually makes me think of another another example. Um, one of the examples I thought of 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 what modern day garments of skin are are like national boundaries. You know, mm. we 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 have our national boundaries. We have border security. You know, we shouldn't need border. We shouldn't have borders. You know, we shouldn't object. Like the whole world should be people that 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 share what they have and don't steal and don't hurt anybody. And like, but but now we need them for now. You know, mm-hmm. we, we need them for now. But one day we will not. And I think it's very important. That, that we as Christians are eloquent about this and say there are certain things like our clothing, literally like our actual garments that we need now and we should have them. We shouldn't be walking around naked, right? We, we need them for now, but there's a day when we can get rid of them, when we can throw them off because of what God is gonna do. And at that point, if we continue to wear them, if we refuse to, to get away from them, you know, I've had the story years and years ago. I visited this guy in the hospital. His son called me up. And the guy, every time I went to the hospital, he was dying. He was in his 90s. He was going to die within weeks. And he never stopped talking about money and his mm. business. I thought, you're leaving that behind, bud. Like, like, let's move on to other things. All you have to talk about is money and your business. And both of those things you are not going to take with you. Both mm-hmm. of those things are garments of skin. You use them well, hopefully. Um, but that, that, you know, that's not it. Um, you, need, you need to now start looking at the new garments you're going to receive from God and, and making sure that you're ready to receive that. So I want to give two other quick examples um, before we move on to a mini topic as well. Two more examples of things that, um, that, that I think are good, that help explain this in the way that works in the world. An example that John the Bajot uses is like medicine. You know, it's like vaccines, right? Vaccines contain a little bit of, of the disease, to, so that we can survive the bigger disease. So mm-hmm. these garments of skin are a little bit of death to help survive a world of death. Another example that I thought of because I have a forest firefighter in my parish. Uh, shout out to Michael Dufresne. Um, the uh, are, are like when you're when you're preventing forest fires. They're like you have a forest fire. You're gonna you're actually gonna burn around it, or you're gonna do controlled burns. Mm-hmm for a while to prevent a larger burn. So the garments of skin are a little bit of death to prevent us from the big death. So all these things in the world that we have to have are things that 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 help us live in the world to to protect us and to get us to go through. The law, the, the Old Testament law is a great example I just thought of. The mm-hmm. Old Testament law is a garment of skin. There was a time when it, it was it was unhelpful. And if the people continued to, we're going to hear about this, this this coming Sunday, if the people continue to to think that the law is going to justify them. Are, are you sure it's the, are you sure you're looking at the right reading? <laughs> I, I will accept your mocking um, since the past one was my mistake. Um <laughs> There, there's, there's history there and precedent. Um, uh, so mock away. Uh, so yes, the uh, so in other words, the the law is, is a garment of skin that at one point God said, "I now give you something else, faith," and so now live by this garment of glory rather than a garment mm-hmm. of skin. Any last thoughts on that, mother? Before we move on to a mini topic, you had two thoughts. Did you share both of them? So the two, so the two passages in Scripture were the ill-begotten. No, no, no. I mean, just now, right before you said that you had two more things you wanted to. Oh yeah, national boundaries and oh fire the boundaries. Control. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, got it. Um, no, I think that's. Uh, uh, let's see. Do I have anything else? Um, I mean, I I just want to repeat something that we touched on in one of the fear of the Lord episodes. Uh, was that, you know, this comes with like the rules that we have for our own good. Like you said that laws are one of those garments of skin. And I think that, mm-hmm. yeah, the same is true with like rules that we have to protect um, like our children. And, you know, it's one of the things that we talked about is 
like when you tell kids that they can't run in the street or they can't do this or that, like they might just think it's unfair. They don't, but it's, it's to protect them. And, um, I mean, never do we get to the point where we should run in the street, but, uh, um, well, yeah. Anyways. Uh, so self-driving cars um, may be coming. Uh, so anyways, that's just, uh, it's like even the rules that we give the rules that we give for the sake of protection. Um, yes. And I think that's an interesting thing. Like, when, when, you know, the, the times in scripture that it says that authority is given by God for rulers, um, it's like, are our rulers, are our politicians actually using their God-given authority and God-given responsibility? Like, are they putting laws in place as garments of skin, the things that are to protect that we shouldn't eventually need? Or are they putting laws in place for the sake of controlling and for the sake of power and for the sake yeah. of like, because that's not why God does anything. He does nothing not for the sake of, up. right. Uh-huh. Nobody wants to give up control or power. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. So amen. Anyways, those are my final thoughts. You may proceed to your mini topic. So I do just want to confirm that that the the way this applies to the wedding garment was the wedding garment is the is the garments of glory. The wedding garment is what Adam and Eve had before the fall. And when we get to heaven, we're going to have that again. And so the wedding feast is heaven, the wedding banquet of the son who marries us, and that is heaven. And so the the lack of a wedding garment was was actually the the garments of skin of whatever this man was clinging to that was meant to be given up when the opportunity arose and he didn't. So, all right. Um, I'm not going to share the name for this mini topic only because of the subject. I'm, I, the impression I get is that is that this person would not mind us sharing the name, um, but I'm, I just want to be I want to be careful um, anyway. So uh, this is a mini topic that comes from a question about um, the use of the precious blood, and I, there, there's there's oh, I just realized there's kind of hot takes here um, that aren't really hot takes that that I may just mention. And uh, again, talk to your priest about this. Um, I'm not. I'm not speaking to you in any any sort of authority here. I can tell. So the, basically, basically, it was. In, this is a new convert to the Catholic Church, um, and then they attended a Ruthenian Byzantine liturgy for the first time. And the, in the Byzantine Divine Liturgy, we put the the consecrated bread and the consecrated wine and the, the body and blood of Christ together in a chalice when they're consecrated, and then then when it becomes the body and blood of Christ, and then we give it out from a spoon. So you're receiving both the the consecrated bread and the consecrated wine together, the body of Christ together. There is a reason for this um, because when the sword pierced, um, as you've heard me say before, when the sword pierced Christ's side, his body and his blood were separated. That was a sign he was dead. So we put the two back together again so that you receive both the body and blood together because it is, again, the body and the blood of a living God, living Jesus Christ, the resurrected Christ. Um, this is why in the Roman mass, many of you are Roman Catholic, the priest takes a little particle of the host after it's consecrated and drops it inside the chalice. Um, because again, the same thing, you're putting the body and the blood back together. There, there's there's a, a togetherness, a wholeness um, to that. But um, this person said that for those who are allergic to grapes, to wine, and those who are alcoholics, uh, recovering alcoholics, 
um, you just can't. You you cannot have the precious blood. So what do you do in the in the Roman Catholic Church? You would obviously just receive the consecrated uh, host, and that is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. In our Byzantine Church, we we generally just say that there's different things, body and blood, but we also fully acknowledge that they are also in, you have an entire resurrected Christ in every particle of the consecrated bread and in every single drop of the consecrated wine. Um, so he just asked, um, "What do I? How do I receive in the Byzantine Church? If this is the format that is being distributed, how do I receive? Um, if I either am allergic or or um, a recovering alcoholic." Uh, basically, you're going to have to ask your priest about this because um, I, if I am warned ahead of time and I have one person in my parish who I do this for who's allergic to the wine, um, I will just set aside a particle, a a coal of the precious body of, of our Lord. Did you say a coal? C O A L coal. Is that what it's called? called? Yeah. So it's it's the coal that the angel touched the prophet's lips. Behold, oh, this was to touch your lips. Uh-huh. Shall take a nicotine. So it, it, we call that. The, Did the, you just it, explain that a second ago? I don't know. Oh, okay. oh no, not a second okay, ago. Okay, yeah, okay. But yeah, so so I was we, looking we call up the, the great divorce passage, and so <laughs> uh, when, when we when we have before it's broken up, it's called the lamb, the mm-hmm. lamb of God. What each individual piece is is called the coal because it's the coal that that purifies I the coal. I love that, that so from, much, isn't it? Yeah, it's really beautiful. So 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 I just the the coal, the particle there, and and I will just hold, have it on a, a discos, a little mini discos, and I'll, I will bring it out to the person when they approach. Um, so, but you'll have to ask the priest. Um, the other thing that that can happen is there may be priests, and I'm not criticizing this is the case, who don't want to do that because they want to put all of the precious body in the, in the precious blood. I imagine what they can do for you then is actually get you a particle out of the tabernacle. If 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 you need to like after the liturgy, mm. they can get you a particle out of, the, out of the tabernacle because when we do a sick call, we take the particles out of the tabernacle, but we do not reserve the consecrated wine. We do not reserve the blood of Christ. So when when the priest goes to a sick call, he has a little mini chalice and he just pours in wine. You just pour in wine. When you put the when you put the particle of our Lord's body into the wine, it softens it up. You can also receive it in a similar way. You're not used to receiving it, but it's, it's not consecrated. The wine isn't. So it would be probably very easy for the priest to go and just get a particle out of the tabernacle if he doesn't want to save you some of the side. So just talk to your priest. Um, but I it's 99.9% percent of the time, unless there's a priest that just really refuses to do it, um, you're, you're going to find something there. The only reason I say this may be a hot take is because some people are going to claim, I know, that that if you're allergic to wine, it's no longer wine, or if you're alcoholic, it's no longer alcohol, it's now the blood of Christ. But it but, still has but, the, the accidents yes, I, of... I, I can tell you, Mother, these people... Think this way exactly, um, and I don't want to criticize you if you think that way because it's true. It is now the blood of Christ. But um, I can tell you from experience; I've seen it many times before. If you have to consume a lot of chalices of the precious blood, you get buzzed. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, is, and so the, the, this is true. Um, can it carry COVID? Um, does the does the bread have gluten? All these questions. That's why I'm saying it's a hot take. Um, in my experience, yes, I can tell you from personal experience. I've had chalices. Like three chalices to purify the gifts, and I do feel I do feel that I've 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 had alcohol to drink. In other words, so mm-hmm. the, 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 those accidents are there from my own experience, and I'll leave it at that. Um, so thank you for the question, great question, very practical question. Anything else to say about that, mother? Um, no. Can I just share one thing about the great divorce? Sure. Okay, so I looked up the passage that I was talking about so that I can explain it a little bit better for people. It's not really explaining it any better, but um, so. It's the part with um, Frank and Frank's character um, 
is basically, I just found this online through lit charts. Anyways, it's a metaphor for the way that humans use pity and self-loathing to manipulate other people. Um, so he's, uh, so these are masks that he's putting on defense mechanism mechanisms that he's put on to try to get his way with things. But, um, the two characters, so Frank, the actual Frank is small. He's a little dwarf. And then the, he's referred to as the dwarf. And the other one is tall. He's referred to as what I would say is tragedian. Um, but when I looked up the pronunciation, everywhere says it's tragedian. Um, because that's how you say it, apparently, if you're British. And uh, anyways, so the um, the tall one... Um, is just like acting all of these things out. And when when Sarah, the main character, when she's in this scene, when she's speaking to Frank, she speaks to the dwarf like over the head of the tall one. Um, mm. But the tall one is just taking over and the real Frank is just getting smaller and smaller. And that's the scene that I'm talking about. So, Okay. Yeah. Great application. Um, I do want to just explain real quick. We just did a mini topic if you want to give us a mini topic, uh, you can go to our Patreon page, and we we have a patrons of a certain level uh, get to choose mini topics that we cover in the midst of larger topics. That's what we just did. So, just wanted to throw that out there so you know what we're doing, what we meant by mini topic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a great transition. Can I give a couple thank yous? Absolutely. Okay, so for those who do support us on Patreon, um, I wanted to give a little shout out to. Five of you, um, we are we are we are closing the gap, Father Michael. We only have seventy seven more due, um, <laughs> and so if we keep doing five every episode, then we will thank all of our patrons. But more keep coming in. Praise God. So, um, anyways, you guys are great. Uh, so we want to thank Van H from um, Virginia. Van Halen? They have rockers? Sweet. I don't even know why I laughed at that. That was okay. not that funny. Um, Jessica D. from Ooh, from Australia. That's fun. Nice. Uh, Jason C. Also from Australia. I bet Jessica and Jason know each other. And Carly W. from Illinois. Um, I love Carly. I've met Carly. Uh, she's great. And Brittany S. from California. So thank you all. You're great. We love you. We appreciate your support. Yes, yes, y'all. Thank you. And as always, you can catch us on all the platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. I think we're on everything. If we're not on something, let us know. We're on YouTube, audio only. Uh, we are also on a few social medias, Instagram, and what God is not Facebook, what God is not. I'm on Twitter at Padre Michael O. I'm now on Threads at Father Pratis Monkey. I'm also on Instagram myself, uh, Father Pratis Monkey. Um, you can check out our our uh, Goodreads page where you can see what we're reading. We can see what you're reading, and our media team does a great job of moderating that. Uh, we have a website, uh, whatgodisnot.com. We have an email address, whatgodisnotpodcast at gmail.com. We have a nonprofit called Fotina, Fotina, P-H-O-T-I-N-A dot org to see uh, the beginnings of a website. We're still developing it. 
Um, and also you can donate regularly on our Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, just look up what God is not. The money goes to the church, the money goes to other evangelical endeavors that other people, other nonprofits are doing similar to ours. The money goes to the poor and the hungry, the thirsty, the strangers, the naked, the ill, the imprisoned. The money goes to our own evangelization efforts and some special projects that we're doing. Um, when you're on Patreon, you can see a bunch of benefits like many topics, like uh, quarterly Zoom meetings with us, and even a visit from us um, at the upper tier. So thank you for that. And I think that is everything. So yes, prayer okay. intentions. Um, I am going to ask as a prayer intention um, that you pray for this one spam person that's calling me like 10 times a day. Um, pray that they cease. They're calling me right now. No, just kidding. We'll do that. Anyway. Oh, I was um, like, what is, where did that come from? And that is not the prayer intention I thought you were going right to give. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely giving the phone intent, the prayer intention you intend, you thought I was going to give. So um, I don't think my sister will mind me saying this, but I have a new niece born yes. this morning at 4 a.m. Uh, so please do pray for little Juliana, uh, my new niece. Uh, this is niece or nephew number 19 um, that is with us here on earth. I have a few others um, that have gone to our Lord early through miscarriage. Um, so yeah, please do pray for Juliana, pray for my sister who's doing great um, according to her husband. Um, the family thread today is full of squeals from other nieces and nephews and stories about parents getting woken up um, by early morning texts, the family thread <laughs> by, by their kids screaming out the name of Juliana. So yeah, please do pray for everybody involved and that Juliana grows big and strong and holy and many, many years glorifying God and you will meet her one day in heaven, hopefully another little soul. Mm -hmm. Um, and I will ask for prayers. Um, I think it's okay for me to just, since I'm just giving a first name, one of our listeners, um, her name is Abigail. Um, and she just sent a, she sent a really beautiful email that, um, touched my heart and, I'm praying for her, but I want to ask all of you to pray for her as well so that she can have some support from fellow listeners. Um, beautiful soul and just needs some prayerful support. So for Abigail. Um, great. Father Michael, I loved this episode. You, this was wonderful. Thank you. Amen. Um, me too. It's given me even more to think about, um, not only about the scriptures that I didn't quite understand. This gives a little insight into those, but also just what real detachment is, mm -hmm. what real detachment is. And am I attached to these things? And, you know, once I get to the wedding banquet, will I just strip everything off and <laughs> run in my, my skins of glory and look, not look back? Or will I, I love look it. back too much and cling? So I love it. Good, good examination of conscience. All right. Well, um, can you please give us a blessing? Absolutely. May the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, have mercy on you. May our Lord give you everything you need and may you only desire those things he gives. Um, may you understand the things that he gives you that are eternal and they're meant to be part of your life forever and ever, amen. And also the things that are only for this world, these garments of skin that are good, but also are meant to be cast off um, when invited to do so by our Lord um, in the heavenly glory. May you have the wisdom to tell the difference between those two things. And may you have good people around you that help you understand that. Um, may you also offer that insight, um, encouragement, conviction to those in your life that this community we have in the church 
may be helpful companions in this journey. May you recognize all the way that God is inviting you to have garments of skin that assist you as you walk through this life. And may you also uh, have your heart softened um, to the desire that these things are, are given up one day for something greater. May the Lord bless you and your families and all those you love. May the Lord give you everything you need, even the salvation of your soul. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.